podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It is the Anfield Wrap. I've got Paul Senior, John Gibbons, Ian Ryan and Phil Blundell all with me right now. John, bit of brass later. Yeah, I'm... Where uh, are you playing? I'm playing with the Christian Lawyers. You like that one, don't you? That's a belt of the one in there, uh, St. Yeah, Nick's. St. Nicholas Church, which is... Uh, is, is if people of the city, but even the visitors, you'll have seen it. It's right on the walls of front. It's the uh, it, was, it was the seafarers' church, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was the church for the uh, for the lads on the boats. Um, still going strong. <laughs> I do it, the Christian lawyers' uh, carol service. It's a, it's a belt. Uh, it's a strong hour and a half as well. You've got, to, you've got to be informed. It, well, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> um, yeah, hoping to hoping to put myself a bit more together by five o'clock. But yeah, no, looking forward to it. Excellent. You stuff. sing well, the Christian lawyers. Yeah, they get, they were, the year I went, they were fully committed. Oh yeah, they, they hark the herald. They very much do hark the Herald. Uh, this is the Anfield Wrap in association with Reds Bet. They're partnering with us for the whole of 2018. Not much more left, lads, uh, but they are partnering with us for the whole of 2018 and hopefully 2019 as well, but we'll come on to that. They give half of your uh, your losses, uh, their profits, to Liverpool supporter-related causes. Um, and we were very pleased to do lots of work with them across the last couple of weeks. It's been the absolute business. So thank you very much to them. Uh, Redsbet.com. If you're interested in that sort of thing, and no worries if you're not, be gambleaware, be gambleaware.org. <laughs> for that uh, our order of events we're going to talk about Liverpool versus Manchester United we're going to talk about the draw and then we're going to talk about the wider situation in the league table uh, so let's start Liverpool 3 Manchester United 1 and Phil Blundell the way the game finished and the way the game started was all about Liverpool's dominance Yeah, what, what, what a day they were, they were atrocious and it's so pleasurable to go and watch Liverpool against Manchester United and see Manchester United being terrible they were a mess. As brilliant as we were, they were just as bad. And I don't want to sound it like it's like I'm taking stuff away from us here, but they were terrible. I think I think Cardiff were more more of a challenge this season than they were yesterday. They came with no real idea of what they wanted to do. I don't know what they were trying to do, but Liverpool were absolutely fantastic yesterday. Uh, there were some frustrations through the match, and I'd say those frustrations were probably more scoreboard orientated than performance orientated. We could see Liverpool were on top. It was annoying when they were only when it was nil nil. It was then annoying when it was only one nil. It was then hugely annoying for it to go one one in the manner in which it did. And then that was a long sort of period. But all the way through, it was the Manchester United that Manchester United supporters told us we were going to get, and it was the Liverpool that we've began to see in the last few weeks. Yeah, absolutely. I echo kind of Phil's thoughts there. They look like a team that are really, really struggling. And I think from Liverpool's point of view. It's hard to remember a time when there's been such a gap between the two sides. I was thinking about it this morning. I think it might be 1990, the last time you've seen such a huge gulf. Uh, obviously, we, we were in the league that season. They finished kind of 13th, 14th. And there's an over 30 points difference between the two. And you can easily see that amount being kind of equaled or, or kind of bettered this season. But I think... From our point of view, you're right to reference it did get a little bit, frust- little bit frustrating. You know, there's times where you think, will it actually happen? But this Liverpool team now, it doesn't panic. It doesn't panic at all, and I think one of the things that struck me is I think the manager said to these to the lads, regardless of the result, make this one of the most intense 90 minutes that these have faced all season. I want each and every one of them coming off and saying to their mates, wow, that was unreal. We couldn't live with that. And there was a period of the time, I think around on 25, 30, we'd just taken the lead, and... I think Ashley Young just kicks it out of touch, just just for a breather. They were absolutely shattered. Now, they get a little bit of a, a bounce from the Allison mistake, and for 15 minutes or so, it's a little bit more competitive, but not to the point where you felt Liverpool were not going to go on and win that football match. John? 
I was a little bit worried we weren't going to win just because it's it sort of the, the later it gets, and I think we don't we don't react brilliantly to that goal, and, and that's kind of a little <clears> bit frustrating. In that you see, I think part of the problem was that it was a little bit too easy, and then I think they scored out of nowhere, and, and I think we were just a bit flat for the rest of the first half, and that was a bit frustrating really because you saw, for example, City the, the day before, you know they're finding it easy the two 0 Everton go pull it back to two one, and they just score straight away. That's that's sort of how they dealt, dealt with it, and you can't always do that, obviously, but. I think I think they were interesting United. I think I, I could sort of see what they were trying to do. I slightly disagree with Phil. I think they just sort of gave up on midfield, really. So they obviously, you know, it was it was five at the back and trying to frustrate there. But to be fair to that, with that, the goal they scored, they've got men in the box, haven't they? So I think yeah, I think there's Lukaku's crossing it, and there's three in the box. Um, so I think they were just basically giving up on midfield and they were going to say defend, defender. then if we get a chance to attack sort of get in there and see what can happen and you know it works for them in, in a certain extent when they, when they kind of score I think I think Liverpool are just better than them so I think you know you can talk about game plans and things like that and I think Liverpool are just better I, I was trying to figure out looking at them whether they're underachieving or whether the players aren't that good and I think it's actually the latter I don't think the, yeah. I don't think the players are, are, are particularly. I think I think a lot few of them are overrated. To be honest with you, so I feel a little bit sorry for the manager in that regard because everyone's just saying he should be getting more out of them, and I'm not. I'm, I'm not sure there's a, there's a hell of a lot more there to get. Of course, he's bought some of them, so you you get into that situation. But but from a from a Liverpool point of view, I thought. You know, as you say, start started excellence, um, really good value for the goal, and then. You know, to to kind of see it out the way they did, so to go from two one to three one, I think was 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 impressive in the way they did that. And they just they just look a proper football team, and we've got a nice break now to Friday go again. But you know, all I thought one to eleven, they were excellent. Yeah, yeah, I agree with most of what's been said. I suppose I think I think tactically United, uh, and not much has been said about it, but I think he was very aware that Liverpool get a lot of joy. I, I think, firstly, I think he, he thought Salah was going to play right and it was going to be Mane left and I think he's gone five at the back so there's two on the pair of them and I think Klopp's done them by putting Salah through the middle. Um, I thought, and I Mane think, right. And, and Mane right. And I think um, I think he's thought that midfield can sit in and try and try and cope with Firmino dropping in the hole and, and we've just pulled them apart from there. Um, you know, that, I mean, that's the poorest United side I've seen in, in a long time. But I, I feel like a lot of the, the sort of post-match coverage has been about what Manchester United did and not not what Liverpool did, and I, I, don't, I don't think it's right really because I think no, no matter what, that's these the form book goes out the window and all them them quotes exist for a reason in these fixtures because historically it does, and Liverpool go and they, t- they turn up and they they put Manchester United to the sword. They con- they're constantly. In control, and I think Liverpool deserve a bit more credit from the game than they get. And I think, don't get me wrong, I think our own fan base is praising them. But a lot of the questions in the sort of mainstream media has been around: Well, what, what did Manchester United do wrong? What did Manchester United do? Well, Manchester United got played off the park by a better football team, and and that that that's what it was. It's not Manchester United can't give their their level of performance because we don't allow that. And there needs to be a bit more coverage of that because I feel like it's almost. How you understand Manchester United are a huge football club and they're in the sort of 19 points behind the leader, which happens to be their greatest rival. But where's Liverpool's credit in this? Because Liverpool were excellent. We dominated midfield. We were much better in defence, and then obviously we've got a great attack. I think the focus should be on that. No, I agree with that, Paul. I think from the media point of view, the biggest story is the collapse of Manchester United, isn't it? So I think that's where you get the the angle of it's all about United, and I think. They look like a side now that there's very few of them pulling in 
the direction of the manager. He's lost. Mm. He looks like he's lost a lot of that squad, a lot of that team. You know, you can probably count on one hand the amount of players who walked off that pitch and I'd probably look like they're giving it all. You know, you're thinking maybe the, the goalie, obviously, the goalie plays well. Ashley Young gives everything. Eric Bay does okay, considering he's called upon. He's thinking, <laughs> fucking hell, Chris Small, and I could do without this. But he, he comes in and does okay. But then after that, you're thinking, God, this is a team that finished second last year. Mm. And to fall apart so dramatically is... It, I think it surprised everyone. You knew they weren't going to challenge, but to fall away so so dramatically is is kind of big. And I think you're right to kind of reference how good Liverpool were, though. I mean, but it's almost like what we come to expect now. I mean, this this side is a it's a phenomenal football team. It's a phenomenal football side, and the manager de- deserves great credit. Again, he's been able to to rotate and bring players in, and I think you know we see the the kind of impact that Fabinho has in the midfield. Who again I thought was tremendous, and I think. A lot of credit has to go to someone like Fabinho because he's had that game recently against another big team in Arsenal where he takes an awful lot of stick for that performance. Some of it was was fair, some of it was unwarranted. But yesterday, he was probably the one, certainly kind of first half in Mane who I thought stood out. I think the midfield was a bit better set up yesterday than that Arsenal game where he struggled though. I think... I think like Milner and Ronaldo are both very good players, but I think you struggle when the two of them play together. So when you put Cater in instead of Milner, if it, even if it was Cater instead of Ronaldo, it's not necessarily a Milner thing. I just think it's a bit more. He's got better options with the ball. I think he also has a two rather. Yeah, than yeah, yeah. Four-two-three-one yeah, yeah. yesterday exactly, with Cater yeah. off the left rather than it being four-three-three, which is what it was in Arsenal. It was, it was set up better to get yeah. a bit more out of him. There was a bit more movement in front from the two of them. I thought as opposed to as in as in they were in front of him as opposed to. At the side of him, and <clears throat> then in front of him is the three, the front three were miles away from. Whereas there was a there was a link between the, the whole thing yesterday, and it just mm. felt a bit like it worked a lot better. It felt it felt like I mean, feel that 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 manager's built their all his own yeah. players, and I think, I'm not sure, but it feels like, is that the first time we've seen them three. Yeah, it is. Yeah, together, and it, it, it sort of the physical attributes were, were telling. You know, everything that you've ever been told. Did they, Klopp did they play for. together in that Chelsea League Cup game? I think they might have. I'm, I'm not sure, but it's. It looked it looked like everything you were told that Jurgen Klopp yeah. wants from a midfield that they had, they had all of that and they were <clears throat> my my concern was that our midfield could have been bullied by Herrera and Yufalini's and stuff like that in the world it was completely the other way around with with Van Dijk in support obviously every time the ball went in the air either Fabinho won it or Van Dijk won it or the two of them would go together any time Lukaku tried to get the ball into feet and try and shrug someone off Fabinho could stand up to that. Van Dijk could stand up to that. When Alden, they, 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 he was he was almost shaping him into into channels that he didn't want to run into. It was brilliant, and it, it, it makes me wonder if that's that's the midfield he's he's aiming towards long term. And I don't think it's any, one anyone would have sort of guessed in terms in terms of a dynamic. But it it looks tasty. It's funny to think like a month ago, everyone was criticising the midfield and you know and criticising Klopp for sticking up for them. <laughs> Where do you know? You know, like you and now he's able to make two changes from a side that dominates against Napoli, yeah. fresh in the midfield, or put those lads back out and then watch them them flourish. He's got great options, hasn't he? And I think you know we haven't even got didn't have even have Milner, Milner fit, and he's still able to you know largely leave Henderson on the bench. He's still able to to you know to do something with Shakiri and, and kind of change the midfield a little bit. And he's he's got he's got great options there, and I think that's a it's a real big performance for Fabinho and Kaiser because I think. They have played well already this season, but there's always been a oh, but 
a, a little bit of the opposition or, or or blah 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 or or it was a nice game for them because whereas I think you know this is Liverpool Man United at home and it's you know playing against the the midfielders that the, the Paul's talking about who you know who, who will who will leave a challenge and who will who will are prepared to get kind of physical if it's not going their way and I think I think both of them. Well, all three of them, but you know, I'm talking about the sort of new lads a bit more here. You know, should be sort of proud of what they did and feel like they've. I hope they feel like proper Liverpool players yeah. now after that because they, they should too. Yeah, yeah. I, I think on the midfield, I think it very much is the midfield that he's working towards. And I said something to him after the Bournemouth game because I think if you look at the balance, the balance looks really good with those three. I mean, you've got Genie and you've got Fabino there offering protection, but there's a lot more to their game than just that. I mean, to have a, a guy in Fabino who's been recognised as a defensive midfielder but can step forward 20 yards further up the pitch and then deliver the kind of pass and execute it the way he does for the Mane goal is superb. And then you've got Kaiter who I think at times was maybe a little bit sloppy in possession. He gave it away once or twice. But in terms of being able to go past the player and open up space, you can see there's been times this season where Liverpool have missed that. And he delivers that on several occasions where you know United's players can't live with him. They can't live with that little turn of pace. And even from a standing start, he's got it. So in terms of balance... That midfield three is one to be excited about at the minute. Joe, you know, I think it's I think it's allowed by Van Dijk though. You know, Fabinho can go <clears throat> from that number six position and be, become that sort of box to box midfielder and and drive at defences. And I, I was really impressed with. He, he had that little bit of extra in his game, which I I think people's perception of Fabinho was that he was going to be slightly more limited than Henderson on the ball, but it's it's the other way. He's got more about him. Like he can go, he can go round lads really easy in and around the box. He's tasty one and two touch. But I think I think the key to it all is the fact that he knows he's allowed to go from what's behind him. Do you think it's that pull? But do you think it's also if you look at when he tends to do it, it's like the point in the game where in both halves where the opposition are like. We're just holding out here. You know, yeah. I think there's a real sort of thing there where it's 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 as though, and I think you've seen it from Liverpool sides, maybe not quite as marked, but I think we've been seeing it a lot. Sort of like a lot of what Liverpool do in the last 15 minutes of the first half, a lot of what they do after about 60, 65 in the second half at the minute is almost like all you're doing now is hanging on for dear life. So we can be a little bit more. We we can go a little bit further because we know that you've got no counter punch. Mm. Well, this is it. There's lo- there's loads of. Uh... Boxing sayings that seem to be summing Liverpool up at the moment because Liverpool are literally putting teams on the ropes and just go and keep and going and, until that that sort of knockout punch is landed. And it's there was times yesterday where Fabinho, as you say, sort of goes right. I can go and join in now and throw some more digs at these because we we, we are allowed. You've got Robertson further forward, you've got Klein further forward. We're now stepping the midfield up as well as the front three, as well as Wijnaldum in and around the box. And it's just that swell of pressure that makes most sides most sides can't handle it. And Manchester United certainly couldn't handle it yesterday. And that first 20, 25 minutes, I mean, I, I don't think you've seen uh, a top side beat a, put so much pressure, look so much better on another top six side in a very, very long time. Uh, John, what... They just couldn't get out. I think both in that period, but then in the second half, that was the the thing that that, that when I was watching it, I was just like, they're, they're never going to get out of here. I mean, they, when they do have the forty forward, to be fair to them, they score from it. They're quite clinical in how mm. rubbish they are. Uh, but the, the, I, I was what just cannot, cannot, cannot build any degree of a bridgehead, and they don't do it again until it goes two one. They have the little flourish where there's the great covering header from Robertson, but that's just a that's just a mad counter attack. What I mean is they couldn't they couldn't alleviate themselves for five minutes in that second forty five. No, I sort of saw the, the the problems with Lukaku a little bit yesterday, and I thought I, 
you know, I think people are maybe sometimes a little bit harsh on him considering the, the goals he gets, but he's he's just not really an outball for them at all. He's not, you know, for, for the size of him, you know, he's not like, well, knock it up to him, he'll run your channel, he'll load it up for a bit and he'll get players up. He's, he's just sort of not that sort of player really, which is fine if... To an extent, if you're just saying, well, you know, he's more of a kind of a, a, a penalty box striker, I guess, but 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 they weren't able to kind of get it up to him in a, in a kind of meaningful way, really. I thought we were harrying them. I thought we were kind of in the faces. I thought we were blocking passing lanes, and they just couldn't seem to cope with it, really. There's, you know, the, one of the lads mentioned before about Ashley Young just kicking it out. There was there was a few, wasn't there, where, where they just sort of end up just passing it out of play because they sort of, they, they, they look chocker. And I think that was really good to see, really. And I think, um, you know, the, the managers talked about the, the pace of Robertson watching him, like, but it's but it's all of them, isn't it? It must feel like, I know we're going hard on the analogies this morning, but I don't know, like, you know, like when a snake just suffocates someone and they just, and they're just all wrapped around, you know, and I think that's what, that's what it's like watching this little team. coming, I'll be honest. <laughs> been thinking a lot about it. Snakes, you know, just, just kind of wrap around him and suddenly, suddenly it's all, all around him and it suffocates you. I think that's sort of what this Liverpool team does, but I don't know, maybe I'm still drunk. Um, there is, I want to talk about the full-backs and I want to start with, I want to talk about some shaking it up, actually, Phil, but that there's there's other reasons to do that. So last season, for instance, when we go to Old Trafford, United play Bailly at centre-half, Young at left-back, and he, he gets Bailly back in the side. But Young does a good job on Salah. It's fair to say Young plays Salah pretty much as well as anybody, but it's not just Young, it's what they do around that area of the pitch. The manager throws maybe a little bit of a mickey in after maybe after he sees United's team, maybe beforehand, I think beforehand. And I think that they've also gone with both Dalot and Darmian to try to counter Manny and Robertson. But the other thing I think moving Manny does is it gives Nathaniel Klein a bit more help. It gives him a player he's yeah. used to in front of him. It's a bit 16-17, but it means everyone's feeling back in the zone of, right, I know where I am. And I thought... Before we get on to those attacking lads, I thought that Klein plays just about as well as could plausibly be expe- expected of him yesterday. I mean, you know, in a sense, he's almost worth, if I was doing the match ratings, he's almost worth 10 out of 10, mm. in that I don't see how he does any more than he actually does for us yesterday. Yeah, that's a great. It, was, it basically looked like the Nathaniel Klein we all knew existed two, three years ago. It was, there's a very, very solid defender in there. Like, in, in terms of defensive fullbacks, there are not many better than him. There's all, but then you also saw the, 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 there's some limitations to him, but that's fine. He's basically our third choice right back. Paul was saying this last night. We were talking, to, we were talking about him last night, and then, but he's our third choice left back technically. So, who else has got a third choice left back that good? Right, uh, right back rather. Yeah, sorry. Who else has got that? Yeah, no one I mean, else he puts it. a bit of a duff ball in at one point, doesn't he? Which is like, you know, you're not quite sure what he's trying to do. I think and it's I, just a bit kind of. I also made a lace and Lovren shot on the uh, on the pinky oh. elbow as well. Oh yeah, he did that one. Well. Well. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And so, you're just like, mate, you're playing right back. If yeah. you were, if you could do that, maybe you just didn't know when he was going right to play back. again. That's <laughs> just like I'll try and Pop, kick probably it. Probably fair, yeah. I think, well, I think, but I think another part of that, I think that shot actually is. I think he was shattered. I think he get. I think he really managed himself through the game. Brilliant. He's got no match fitness there at all. Was a, there was a period about 65, 70 when I looked I thought over, he was going again in the looked, first half. He was, he yeah. was, he was, he was breathing. Let's put that right. I mean, well, I think I think we'd make more allowances for someone a bit more fashionable, though, if you know what I mean. So if like Trent had been out for twelve months or something, I think you go, oh, he was he was sort of he was fine for. What I'm saying is, I feel like he's obviously not at his own level either, though. You know, so for him to come into that fixture 
and perform that well. And yeah, of course he's going to be tired. I think that's to be that's to be expected. But as I said to Phil last night, it was like no no one's in that privileged position where they can they can call on someone who was one of England's top right backs two or three years ago. Or there used to be a serious debate about whether it'd be him Same or Walker. Walker playing for yeah, hundred percent. And that, that that sort of shows how far we've come. But I think. I think you see, you see in him. It's, it, we had we had that game recently where it was it was like a, the old fashioned was it Moreno and was it was it Klein again that played in that Chelsea, game? It's Chelsea, Chelsea Cup. It's like like that sort of blast in the past, and no no one want, no one wanted it. And you go, wow, this is how far we've progressed. And him in isolation maybe makes that stand out a bit, but I thought he did fine. But I think, I think there's something on that pull I'm going to bring in in a second, but I think there's something in that where we often do that after League Cup games, but they don't get to play with all the good lads. No. So suddenly he's back with Sadio Mane in front of him, who I thought, by the way, really enjoyed himself at times yeah. on that right-hand side, like, you know, have a little look at this. And also, you got the impression United were going, well, hang on, we were going to have Rash, Rashford cheating and hanging up there, but now but now uh, you've got Klein on the overlap around Mane. Well, someone's got to come and help me here. Yeah. And I thought all of that was a real sort of... They're, they're, they're just trying to get, do whatever they can to get through the game, whereas we've got a number of different options at our disposal, and that's an example of that. Yeah, you say, you say Manny's having a good time, it's because he can probably trust the defensive work of, of Nathaniel Klein, and as much of a tre- as a Trent fan as I am, sometimes I think we have to make considerations for his limitations at, at, at full-backs, and I, I think he's going to be one of the world's best full-backs in time, but there is there is games where he's been, where he's been roasted, Trent, and I don't think you're gonna you're gonna see that of Nathaniel Klein. So maybe that that might be something to to do with Mane enjoying himself for the day. I don't know, but I think in the circumstances and Liverpool sort of scratching around the bottom of of what they've got in terms of available defenders, it means there's no panic, and, that, and that's a good thing. Because he's got some aches in his legs today. Oh my word! <laughs> you know what though? I mean, he deserves all the credit because to go to come in and deliver a performance of that level. Given he's had such little game time, it says a lot about the lad. And I mean, you know, you talk about some of Trent's kind of issues defensively. I mean, it was only kind of, you know, at Old Trafford last season, but he, he really does suffer at the hands of Marcus Rashford. And Klein himself has had some pretty tough times against United. You think of that Martial game where he really does turn him inside out. So he could have been coming into that game thinking, this is going to be a really tough Rashford test. Rashford tries he... to make him first 15, 20 minutes, tries to get a bit out of him, like... I think Rashford's gone on oh, a fancy a fancy me here against a fella who's not played for two years, and Klein puts him in his pocket really, really early. And as Ian says, in the game at Old Trafford, he got tons of change. Out of Trent, and I think Trent's a fault for one of the goals, if I remember rightly. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I think from that, I think Rashford was was pretty quiet. Um, well, I think a lot of it's down to not being not what I, not what I expect, and that's in every sense. You know, Ashley Young does not expect to face Mane when they've been looking at the DVDs and the tapes. That's not been coming up. Uh, or, you know, same with Rashford. He probably doesn't expect to face Klein. It was a surprise for everyone when the rumor came out on the day. And there is something in every now and again being able to throw a surprise. If you do it all the time, you end up maybe surprising your own players a bit too much. But it's fair to say on that one, you know, they really have sort of surprised Manchester United. I think. No, absolutely, and I think, I think on the Klein thing as well. Sometimes when players are out, people talk about them being better players than they actually are. But in in the client case, it's been the opposite, really. And I think some of the stickies taking's been a bit unfair. I get the talk around the teams maybe progressed past them a little bit because you see Trent and all the attacking flair he's got. But actually, you do need different things in your squad. You know, if Man City lose Benjamin Mendy, they haven't got a Benjamin Mendy replacement lined up. Fabian Delph comes in and offers you something totally different, but you see Leroy Sane play more because he gives more width and Mendy's obviously not there. So 
Nathaniel Klein's been the forgotten man, and maybe he decides to <laughs> to move on because he's not going to get enough game time, and he's kind of entering the peak years. But if you're Jurgen Klopp, you want to keep him around the place because he offers you something different. And as Paul said before, defensively. He's been one of the best fullbacks in the league. Yes, he can't quite give you that that thrusting guile going forward, but there's lots to to be kind of thankful for with Nathaniel Clyde from a defensive point of view. Bet you there was a, a couple of Premier League managers on the phone to the chairmen last night, <laughs> looking at, looking at Clyde because I think he's that forgotten that people probably forgot he existed, and. There'll be like we were talking about Everton last night. Everton are crying out for a right back. They could do a lot worse than them, a lot worse. But I'm with Ian. I wouldn't be letting them go until the summer. I mean, the weird thing was like when you're looking at who he'd be linked with. It was Cardiff we were in for him. He's, he's way better than Cardiff. Way, way, well, way, well, well, way better than both of these. Uh, I, think, I think there's something in um, yeah. I'm, I think there's something in the in in the idea that maybe now they do choose to 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 go go on with him, John, a little bit. Um, I think it's. I think it's difficult. It's difficult for the manager. It'll also be difficult for the player. That the player, you know, let's be fair to him, he's really stood up and been counted for us here. But does he really want to spend the next, um, you know, thinking I might get five five league appearances between now and the end of the season until well, after these other lads come back, Max? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's it's not a, it's not a great sort of position he finds himself <laughs> in, and so he might be having a you know Paul talking there about you know people you know clubs on on the phone and things like that. Is is he having a meeting with his agent today and saying, well, you know, it's a great shop window performance. Yeah, isn't yeah. It? And so is he is he doing that? He, he may well do. He might he might decide that you know like Phil's saying you know maybe them clubs you know do do fancy them or, or kind of hold out for something better. You know I don't know what his contract situation is like, but obviously the the the, the longer it goes in, the, the the better his position becomes in a certain way. I'll, I'll be looking to keep him till the end of the season because you know you need to talk about. The type of money you're likely to get for him in the grand scheme of things, you know, you'd, you'd much rather kind of have him both. He's proved he can come in cold and, and put in a, a good performance, like everyone said. And so I don't really see the benefit to, to Liverpool in, in kind of moving him on. And I think for a few of them, I was just thinking as well, like things are going so well. It's, it's proof that he's only a couple of injuries away from suddenly starting. <laughs> and I think that's what I think that's what a few of them got their eye on that. I think, I think. Miglay's probably doing it. Probably thinking, well, you know, this fella's well better than me, but he might be out for a month in May, and then suddenly I'm playing in a final. Oh, and so, <laughs> and so, and so that's, I think that's that. But, but when the clubs are going well. I can't believe I, Phil's just been sick. <laughs> <laughs> I just need to tip that bottle of water over my head. But I think, but, <laughs> what, but what I mean is, I think when things are going well, I think people will just hang around just to yeah. kind of see what happens, really. Trying to get five games, get a title, title medal job. Being, back, a, being around, you, if you're a footballer, you want to be around this football team at the minute. Don't you? You know, it's got what Sturridge said what, this, didn't he? What are you walking away to? What literally? What are you walking away to? If you're one of the better players, fair enough. You could possibly go to like a European superpower, and that is fair enough. Like I would rather they didn't, and I think we should be fighting to keep our players back. But you can kind of see why a player would want to leave for that. Whereas if you're one of the sort of the squad players, you can go and play like 38 games a season for Southampton. Is is Danny Ings now sat there going Southampton right? He scored twice yesterday, and he's probably made up to score twice. But is he in the back of his mind? He's surely looking at Liverpool and going, "I'll probably think, rather be I, involved I, I in think, that." You know, I think the them storage quotes from when he came back in the summer sort of sums up the environment he, that that everyone's enjoying playing football. And you know, he goes, "I go to West Brom," and you go. Wow, I remember just how how good it is at Liverpool, and you see the sort of attitude change, and you see the sort of de- this whole demeanour. Like I'm going to make this work because don't send me back there. 
whatever you do, do not send me, put me in that scenario again. Maybe for the likes of Klein or Mignolet and the, the like of them lads, they go, I don't want to be going to Cardiff. You know, I thought, that, what a drop that is from playing with Mo Salah, Sadio Mane, just the whole whole buzz around the club. I'd much rather be a, a now and again lad for them rather than an every week lad for, for the likes of Cardiff. The left back um, was... Um Praised by Jose Mourinho post-match, interestingly. Uh, and it's one of the reasons why it's interesting is I can't believe, Ian, the space they gave him second half. They basically just gave him the run of the gaff, uh, the whole flank second <clears> half. <throat> he was absolutely terrific. I lost count, Neil, about in terms of the amount of times they allowed him to run 30, 40 yards with the ball. Um, I mean, I think Mourinho won't be the only one in terms of opposition managers. He will have been impressed with Robertson this season. He was again, he was outstanding. It's not just the the energy levels because that's doing a bit of a disservice. It's the he picks his moments so well mm. of when to go. He knows exactly when to go and when to hold, and that's that's not by accident. He knows exactly what he's doing in that position. Now <clears throat> he's such a threat for us in terms of giving us width, giving a, a good delivery as well. I think maybe his corners weren't great yesterday. If you want to kind of nitpick a little bit, his performance was outstanding, and I think you see. Just what a common influence he is in that back forward as well, because there's a piece of play that leads to the the second goal. He's involved and, in the second goal and, twice. And, and, and Allison's Allison's involved, Fabinho's involved, and Robertson plays a lovely little round the corner ball with his right foot, which gets us on the front foot again from a midfield perspective. So, I mean, you're starting to run out of things to say about Andy Robertson, but there's now no doubt in my mind we are we have the best left back in the league and the, there may have been a conversation around Benjamin Mendy at one point because of what he gives you from an attacking point of view and then you forget that Benjamin Mendy can't defend a lot of the time and, gets, get on the pitch and gets exposed and is always injured Andy Robertson he's never injured I think he, he never lets you down he never lets you down defensively and going forward he's such a threat it's funny again because you talk about width that it obviously it does give you width, but the amount of times he was running central in that game as well, he was was really impressive, and he seems to have added that to his game in that he's almost an extra kind of attacking midfielder now as well as as well as this threat down the left. So you know we we know he can bomb down there, we know his delivery is good, but three or four times he was. He'd, he'd, he'd shimmy and cut inside, and then he'd be running, and the pitch would seem to be open up for him. And you know, he was he was picking passes well as well, and he's he's. Confidence has grown unbelievable over the last sort of year or so, and now I think he's you know I think at first he was he was thinking of himself I'll oh, get in the team and do my job and be solid, and I think now he's seeing himself as a key player in this team. He's seeing himself as you know he's got that assist competition with Trent, which is really nice and and, and sort of you know because Trent backs himself as well, doesn't he? But but he's 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 not just. He's not just being like an outlet. He's not just being, oh, I'll be the ball over here. I'll stretch the pitch. He's getting involved in attacking play. And as I say, seeing him kind of bursting through there midfield, like, I don't know, like Janino or something in the back of the day was, was, was brilliant to watch. Early Janino shows. I think he's a great advert for the manager and his ability to develop a footballer. <clears throat> because if you go back and think what he was like initially, there was a lot of his main attacking their ploy was head down, get down the wing, put a cross in. And not necessarily a, I know where these lads are in the box, just put a ball in the box and hope for the best. Whereas now, he's going inside and outside, he's coming, he's moving the ball through the midfield. It's not just about get down that line, put a cross in. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't know what you, can, what you can say about him, really. He's, he's so good every week. And that, that's that's the thing with him. It's like, there's no performance drop from him. And I, I there was there was a period where I wondered, 
you know, as, as we were getting better and better and we were starting to introduce Allisons and Van Dykes and the likes of the team, whether you know, in a team full of superstars... Is he gonna? Is he gonna have that that level of quality where he can raise his game again, or is or is he one of them lads who's <clears throat> come to Liverpool and he's absolutely given it given it his all and it's showing in his efforts and his commitments and stuff like that and that that's bringing him up to be a, a sort of seven out of ten defender and that's where he is alongside absolute worldies. But now he's he's found so much more ability. He's an absolute worldie. He's he's an absolute worldie and. And maybe that's just because of where we got him from and the transfer fee and stuff that I had them sort of things in my mind. I'm absolutely wrong to have ever thought that about him, but he keeps he keeps raising his game. And you know, I'll, I'll give credit to Van Dijk all the time. I'm sure it, I'm sure it really helps that he can go. And if anything goes down that left hand side, Van Dijk's gonna gonna deal with it. But I think the point about him coming inside and act, acting a bit more like an attacking mid is is, is true because. Fullbacks, and you see with Klein, they love they love choking the boots. Oh, they're happy to go around the fullback, but to come in central and have so much influence. But there's a flip side. So impressive. Paul, there's a flip side to the <clears> Van Dyke points that if I'm Van Dyke and I'm watching watching the video back of the game, um, the the hug I'm giving out is the Andy Robertson covering header. Yeah, on, from no, from, from on, when Fellaini's there back. That post, was definitely because, a goal, by the way. Yeah, because there's I'm, no way he's missing. There's that, no yeah. way he's missing that. But also, all of our other lads have got themselves a bit at sea. You know, they're all. I'm not. I'm not you know, there's knock on effects and all that sort of stuff. And I'm not. I'm not sort of balling anyone out here. But they've they've opened us up. That's where they are. Van Dijk ends up where he is, which is not nowhere near where the action is. Where the fellow who's six foot five is, which is where you would think you'd want Van Dijk. Yeah. And there's Robertson to yeah. save the day. Absolutely. And. He switched on, and you know I might I might sound a bit disingenuous saying that what I was saying about Van Dijk. I think yeah. um, it's meant to be a compliment to both of them. Yeah, of course, suppose, they help each other massively. <clears throat> absolutely, but, but yeah, I mean, this is this is what you're getting. This is exactly my point, I suppose, about him just just raising it and being everywhere at the right time and the sort of in an attacking sense it's true, but also defensively. There's been a lot of times this season where he's last ditch pulled us out and he does it again yesterday. What One of the reasons why he starts to, I think, be able to be more direct, more central, Ian, is the substitution for Shaqiri, which may sound counterintuitive, that effectively changing changing your right midfielder um, changes what your left-back does. But Shikiri, when Shaqiri comes on, it means the manager's able to shuffle his pack again. Mane goes back over to the left. Now you've got Robertson and Mane back in, back, back in, uh, in tandem with one another. And then Shakiri himself, fluidity, absolutely full of fuller sense, and uh, gets the gets the, the 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 two winning goals. I mean, yeah, I mean Shakiri's introduction, I mean, unbelievable, really, in such a big game of football. But I think what was what was really interesting was the comments he made about how he watched the game from the sidelines, and you see so many players who. They don't look like they're paying any attention to what's going on on the pitch. You know, they're messing about, they're talking to each other. But he says that he, he spotted pockets that he could go in and really affect that football match. And that's what he does. And as you said there, Neil, you know, he's kind of like a little bottle of pop and he comes on <laughs> and he's just like fizzing all over the place. And you, you, I mean, he's always involved, but everything's with purpose. He wants to do everything with purpose. There's a reason for everything that he does on that pitch. And I thought he was great. And, you know, I was probably more in... More in Neil's camp uh, in the summer when we spoke about Shakiri, and it was not because I didn't think he was a good footballer. I just thought that maybe Liverpool could have been shopping at maybe a, a slightly higher end of the market, and maybe Shakiri's your your fifth lad as opposed to maybe your fourth one. But my God, um, he's proven an awful lot of people wrong, and he looks like a player who came into this football club with a point to prove because there were, there were doubters, there was previous teammates doubting him, there was pundits doubting him, but you can tell he's the kind of 
fellow who doesn't doubt himself. He knows he's got loads and loads of ability. And I think he's found a club that show appreciation with a set of fans that love a bit of a maverick. And he's got that in him. He is a little bit of a maverick. But with that maverickness, he's also got tons and tons of ability to come on and change a football match. And you, know, you would expect he'll play a, a really, really big part in the Pools campaign this season. What, what, what does he do that you you think he didn't? He wasn't. It's all the sense. Yeah, it's all the sense. I can't. I'm, what I'm stunned I, I'm, by. I'm agree with that as well. What I'm stunned by is I think I think there hasn't been a performance from him where he hasn't thought his way through the game. And when you used to watch him, when he used to come to Anfield, it was the absolute opposite. Like he used to just be. It would just be. I'll just get it and I'll just run and we'll just sort something out. Do you think that's the surroundings though? I think it's partially surroundings. Yeah. I think it's the players, but I think he's probably obviously always added in him to some degree. And you know, obviously, he's now enjoying himself and bringing mm. it out. But it's the sense. I mean, that's why every single time I write about him or talk about him, the first thing I'm doing is saying that he's. You know, I'll give you a really good example. There's a game. Um, I think in the one where oh, what's the game I'm thinking of? There's a game where he where he, he has a daft shot. And then within two minutes later, he put Sturridge through. But when he had the daft shot, he was livid with himself for having the daft shot. Not for missing it, but like, come on, lad, you've let yourself down there. Mm. You've, you've been doing this other stuff, and now suddenly you've done that. No, no, no. And I can't remember. It was one of the league games. I can't remember which one it was. But he was he was cross with himself. And I remember, and I remember was, watching that. It was as a Southampton. Kid. Might have been Southampton. Um, but I just think he's... He's absolutely full of sense, and I think I, I take the Maverick point, and he's got a bit of that, and he's a bit, you know, he's a bit the celebration and all that sort of stuff. But as Mavericks go, I mean, trust me, I've seen Titi Kamara, <laughs> and the, you know, this me is, too, yeah, this is, this is nowhere near as as Maverick as that. He sees himself how he he sees exactly how he clicks in to that team unit, and I think that that's what's most impressive about him. He sees exactly where he should be in relation to Sadio Mane, Roberto Firmino, most other times. I think he sees it better than they do. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm glad you. I'm glad you sort of said that, Neil. To be honest, because I I think when he's a substitute, I think he's watching that game as intensely as the coaches, and he's he's because fa- when he comes on, I've never seen someone pick up the pockets of space that exist in the game quite like he does. It's almost like he's going right when, when I get on here, I'm going to do this because I can see all the all these weaknesses, and it makes me makes you wonder whether he's going to be a coach or something one day, you know, because. I, just, there's a lot of our, our best footballers, and I think when they come off the bench, they're not very good. And him, they, like, there's impact substitutes, but it's normally like you are, you're adding pace into a game, which yeah, or oh, someone's really direct, but he's really clever, and that that's that's the difference. It's like I, I was, I thought he was an all-round good player when we signed him this summer. I sort of got your point, and I sort of got. But it was an exciting attacking addition. Who was, was a Premier League club's best player, yeah. so I sort of got on board with it. I'm but enjoying I, how exciting he isn't. If you sort of see what I mean, yeah. And that part, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a really good point. I think I just can't believe how intelligent he is because the footballers who just last, like for example, Dejan Lovren when he does that shot, that's him losing his head. That's him going. I've got nothing else on, and I'm going to back myself to have a go. Whereas he's now coming on, and he, I just watched last night when I got in, just him, just tried to watch him, and he's constantly in, in acres of space, but then he's he's all one and two touch, so that, I think it's the second goal. The ball comes to him from centre-half, he then moves into another pocket of space, he does a one-two, and then he gets the goal, but he's all over the place. It's unbelievable the level he's playing at. He's, got a, he's got a phenomenal touch, but I mean, you expect him to have a good touch, given the position he plays on the pitch, but his touch is unreal, and then you, you kind of couple that with the fact that 
he's got such a range of passing and you do see other lads you can tell the other players trust him because he start, suddenly starts to move when he gets the ball they know that there's a very very good chance that he delivers on a play for them and he, he's been an absolute joy to watch he's seen his celebrations as well though that he backs himself doesn't he you know he oh, knows definitely. he knows he's mustered technically he's, he, you, can, you can probably imagine in every academy he's been through or every football club like he's the one that in training that takes all the free kicks and pings them and that, that sort of stuff they go oh, we're going to do a crossbar challenge and he hits it four times out of five or something so we, you know that he's technically he's able but I think what he's I don't know whether we need to give a bit of credit to the manager for sort of reining him, reining him in, in a bit but it's unbelievable John then Phil he's a great sub and I know he won't necessarily want to be that but he, he is a great option on there. He's he just his impact is. It's like when Ian Ryan walks in the room and he's like, right, the boys, how are we? And he gives everyone a lift. That was basically what he did yesterday. He came on, he said, all right, the boys, how are we? Don't worry, I'll box this. He boxed it. He benched someone. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Some people just have that, don't they? Whereas other people come into the room and you, you only notice that they're there sort of five minutes later. Whereas, you know, where's the likes of Ian Ryan and Shakiri? Like, you know, they're giving you that. Fuck that energy. Energy. <laughs> it's nice thing anyone. <laughs> but but it's great. But also as well, I think they sometimes I think the hardest games to come on to when you know when it's absolutely lashing down. And I think the I think weather obviously affects a football game. But I think you can sort of get to grips with it, and then you sort of forget it's there. Whereas if you're just sat there on yeah. the bench in your big coat, <laughs> well, and seats are warm, you know, and then and then suddenly some fellas asking you to go on and, and just sort it all, and you're like, oh, I want to do me all like the boys. How are we thinking? But it's like <laughs> I'd, I'd also like to. Just, just, just have a nice sit here, and and but he, but he's being thrown on, and I think to to get to the speed of the game and to get to the you know the speed of the ball and and to to, to have everything he did and to have the impact he did, it was phenomenal, and it was. Um, yeah, made up for him because he's he, he's deserved it. You're going to be playing this around your Christmas dinner, aren't you? Yeah, watch this. <laughs> There's definitely a thing with him where he knows that his teammates are good because I think the more I think about him at Stoke and all the frustrations you had with him, it's it's because he's looking at his teammates and going, I'm really good, you're all terrible, I'm going to have to try and do this on my, on my own. And he doesn't need to do that anymore. So he can just look at Sadio Mane and go, what's interesting about the goal the, the the one the first one is he comes from really deep yeah like he's he's gone and he's almost a spectator to events and i mean that in the best possible sense in that he's almost he, he takes it up nathaniel klein's toe basically doesn't yeah he? and he's from so deep but he then he's then he really is he's about 30 yards from goal when man breaks through and then he begins to come alive and then suddenly he goes no this is where this is going to be and then he's there for it but what i think's impressive is it's not this idea that he's not he didn't even feel then he's been really involved but he didn't feel like he had to be racing into the box to hit the penalty spot because for God's sake no one else is going to score this but me he's probably thinking yep. Salah's about to tap this in <laughs> you know what I mean he's, he's, looking, he's looking at them going you're all really good I don't need to do this on my own and it makes him it makes his task easier because he's able to play his game as opposed to the game of about five players which is but what he's exactly because the, I mean it was weird like on a complete tangent about because the goal is both his goals were basically shots my side well this the, the third one was from outside the box. It felt like we had a lot more shots from outside the box yesterday. Like, yeah, phenomenally so. I think it was something like 70% yeah. of the 36 were outside it the was, box. Yeah. Which was obviously a deliberate ploy, but I don't really know why. I think I mean, we'll, I'm intrigued as to why this we, is. I've already done a review, but on review, where Andy mentions that a couple of weeks back, and then Sean builds on that Milner said after Burnley that the manager had said, when you come up against a low mm. block defence, there's nothing wrong with having a bit more of a pop. 
I think he'll, Sean also says he probably doesn't mean Dejan Lovren and Nathaniel Klein. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, there was a bad Fabinho one in the first there half. Was a bad, well. Well, there was two or three awful, even the one that stings the palms of De Gea's fucking crap and needs to be put, needs to be put in a box. Um, all shots are bad. Let's really remember that point. It's uh, one's right in the back of your hand. But um, there is... Um, there's one. There's there's a few where you are a bit like, what's going on? I think I think the manager means twenty two yards, lads. I don't think he means twenty eight. And, and I he think also that probably that's doesn't the, mean full backs and centre backs. Exactly. I think he means twenty two yards. If you're getting around, if you're around, I mean, even I, as an absolute, you know, Scrooge about the matter, um, I'm fine with you having a shot from inside the D. Outside the day, you need to get a pass, a permit signed off by Jurgen Klopp and me. <laughs> uh, you need to find a way to get that sorted. If you want an outside the day, outside the box shot, playing for Liverpool without, which isn't going to lead to me throwing me gloves on the floor and sheer frustration and anger. And don't think you get away with it, even if you fucking score. Um, those ones are worse. Than like, the if that, the rest if that, I reckon if that, that Lovren shot goes in, I would have just sat down emotionless. I, I, so oh, I, honestly, I wouldn't have done that. Because that means you'll get to see it again. Yeah, all the time. Um, nothing, not, not, nothing encourages a shot more than a goal. <laughs> Phil's <laughs> getting off quicker than me at the final whistle <laughs> when we win the league. <laughs> uh, we'll come on to talking about winning the league in a minute. Uh, first and foremost, though, we're going to crack on with the draw. Before we shift over to talk about the Champions League, I'd just like to mention Tour Player and all the work we're doing at the minute. There was a fantastic post-match show that we pulled together last night after Manchester United. We've got the review of Manchester United. The immediate draw, draw reaction show was out there for subscribers off the back of the Champions League draw. There's loads and loads going on. We're looking ahead to Wolves. We'll have the Christmas quiz on the horizon. Good Lord, I'm not looking forward to that one, but hopefully we'll all survive out the other side and come out of it relatively sane. There's Newcastle on Boxing Day. Uh, we don't stop right the way through the Christmas period. The show's almost every Every single day. Uh, I think Christmas Day might not count, although there is talk of Rob Gutman doing a Christmas message for us all. Uh, and then we're right the way in, getting stuck in on into Arsenal uh, and then Manchester City. If you've been thinking about subscribing, if you've been umming and ahhing, I think it'd be a good time to do so. Um, it will be uh, terrific stuff to go with enjoying your Christmas and enjoying the Reds being top of the table and very much on the march. It is the Anfield Wrap, theanfieldwrap.com forward slash subscribe. Come and share the journey of supporting Liverpool from the heart of the city with us by Munich then lads uh, we haven't talked about how good Firmino was but that can be found elsewhere uh, Firmino was absolutely brilliant against Manchester United and really showed he's getting to grips with that position I just want to tick that box um, Champions League draw uh, by Munich um, exciting in all senses Paul Senior yeah really exciting one because they're quite old um, they are quite old they are quite important. old I yeah. thought you meant like historically like <laughs> you've been around a long time I was like oh. it's, it's, it's a senior won't take anyone seriously unless they start in the 19th century he's not having PSG only one team steeped in history no <laughs> no honestly this, this, this is a this, this for me is a good draw because I think I think we're better than them but I think I think they're so experienced in the Champions League that they're going to be a real a real test for us, but I think if we perform, we can win. And they're not they're not flying, but don't think they're rubbish. And also, as Phil Bundle points out in our immediate reaction show for subscribers, uh, the game's in three months. Yes, <laughs> so God knows what a form lot, they're going to be in. Then. A lot could change. I mean, the new manager Niko Kovac is is changing things at Munich, and it's a job that's needed doing for a while because they're old. It's it's like taking on that um, Milan side after Ancelotti, for example. You know, but they have got they have got good players, so you, you sort of familiarise yourself with the team because it hasn't changed for about fifty years. But the lads that were we're young and coming through Kimmich's Nicholas Sula 
Gnabry who they get from Arsenal they're now regular starters and they're starting to have an impact Kimmich is really good but then they've also got one of Boateng and Hummels a centre half Manuel Neuer's still there Lewandowski's still there I'll Kingsley Coleman's young yeah the, mid, the, midfield, the midfield is what is what worries me a little bit um, Thiago's really really good they left Fidalgo in the summer who's the guy next to him it's completely slipped my mind um Martinez. Yeah, Javi Martinez or, or, or Kimmich can come into into the middle and then Rafinha can go right back. They're, they've, they've, got, they've still got a big squad and a lot about them. And as you say, the, the game is in, in, a bit of, in a fair bit of time and you could be looking at Bruce Dortmund and go, the nine points clear. And Bayern are in third. I wouldn't, I wouldn't overly celebrate it. It's not, it's not game over. In, in the, well, just on that terms. one, dead quick, Phil, um, is... Let's actually hypothetically say, well, what if it is a bit close to game over in domestic terms? That's actually counterproductive. Mm. That you almost need them to have something to be hanging on for, uh, Munich, in terms of, in, in the same way that we hope this is happening whilst we're chasing down a title, we could almost do with them being in a similarish position. Yeah, you don't want them to be in a position whereby all their eggs can go in the basket of beating us, and if they don't beat us, that's their season done. Because that is a, a, a horrible prospect. I think we said in the reaction show that uh, Barcelona have got that situation with Leon, because Leon can't win the league. Yeah, Leon's sole reason for existence now this season is playing Barcelona, and if that happens to us with Bayern Munich with the quality of the players that Bayern Munich have got, it's a, it's not ideal. Um, what's nice though, John, is it's Bayern Munich. Um, it is all the history. It is the fact that we all get to go to Munich. We all get to have a fantastic time. Yeah, it's a new one as well, isn't it? New chip for a lot of people. Um, it's it's a mouthwatering tie. It's one that just gets you excited, doesn't it? Liverpool playing Bayern Munich. We said before in the in the subscriber show, it feels like the tide around and. Yeah, that's where Liverpool should be. Liverpool should be the team on kind of everyone's lips or, or, or and, the, and the team everyone kind of wants to watch. It's going to be a brilliant game. Uh, two games, I'm looking forward to hosting them at Anfield. Hopefully we can get a good lead, take that over there and then do the business. But yeah, there's going to be a lot, a lot of Scousers drinking Steins um, in Munich that week, I would imagine. like It's going to be good fun. Also, sorry, Neil, I was just going to say the winter break as well yeah. is something to consider there. You know, they, they finish just before Christmas and they're not back until the 18th of January. I was just having a look there. So that can change things. You know, it can halt any momentum that one side's got. It can increase momentum in the others. But I think Bayern's one that's always been sort of on my radar as a, yeah. as, as a trip, mm, yeah. as a sort of match goer, and also one that we've never really... I don't, I, I don't think we've had them before in my lifetime that I can remember, so... Yep. It's a really interesting one, but also I think Jurgen Klopp, if you're really going to measure him into this, I think he'll put his life's work into beating Bayern, honestly. I, I mean, I'd agree with that. I think in terms of the draw, if you if you wanted the easiest tie, then, then Porto's probably the one that, that people were looking at. I'm a, I'm a man that holds a grudge as well, so I wanted those pricks from Madrid, if I'm honest, uh, just to put them out. Um, but there's always the next round for that. But I think in terms of a glamour side, you know, the boys are right. I mean, to go and play Bayern Munich, it, it, it's one that is going to kind of get you excited. I think Paul's right to reference the manager. I mean, he doesn't need any extra motivation, but the fact that it is Bayern... Talks about the press conferences makes it, now. ...makes it very, very interesting. And as the boys have said, it's a, it's a great pint as well. But either way, they're going to be in three months' time. But as it stands right now, you know they've not been great. The nine points off Dortmund, they've lost three already. You know, there's a lot of talk about Kovac not actually being there. You know, if the form doesn't doesn't kind of start to improve, but it's one to certainly make you think. You know, it would have been such a shame for Liverpool not to be in this stage. You know, if you kind of the draw goes on this morning, you're not in it. You'd have been thinking, what if? But we're right in the mix again. You, you certainly, certainly wouldn't bet against Liverpool progressing to the quarters. Um, all right, uh, Liverpool are top of the league. Um, it is. 
it's really important to acknowledge Phil that this is next level stuff from Liverpool. I wrote to me match review. This is beyond championship form. But also the situation means we're beyond being able to say that Liverpool are almost certainly going to be champions. And that's what's almost in one sense not fair about it, but it's almost what's driving us on as well is the is is, is the the intensity of the Manchester City challenge. But this is beyond when you say a side's in championship form, you don't mean this. This is the next level up from that. This is this is ridiculous. This is best team ever territory. This isn't sort of we're going at the team we'll win a bog standard league get 85 90 points this is a 100 point pace we're going and it's not like we're 5 10 games in but we're basically 10 days away from having half the season done and the next two games are games we should win and we could be what what we on for we on 45 now we'd be on 51 we'd be on 51 at the time 51 out of 57 that's outrageous. I think we've qualified for Champions League on sixty two. <laughs> well, if we win on if we win on Friday, we've doubled Everton's points tally. That's yeah. Everton, Everton are in eighth, doing perfectly eighth, ninth, whatever, with a perfectly fine points tally for the time of year, and we've got double what they've got. The last time Liverpool in the league, they win it with seventeen points in a thirty-eight game season. It shows how far it's how far it's come. It's mad, and we should be we should be able to be, enjoy, be enjoying this more. You know, uh, one of the best teams ever, I think, in the Premier League's the the o five o six Chelsea side, and they go at a very very similar rate, and there's something like eighteen points clear by by this hmm. by this point. What did they have from first from nineteen? Was it fifty two or something? Yeah, like they had. Uh, they I think they two were played. Draws, I, don't know, I think they were one draw, one defeat. So I think they were seven, one seventeen, drawn one. So that's fifty two. Yeah, sensational. So, but what we should be able to enjoy this more, but it's because we should be 12, 15 points clear in any other season. And we could be worse, though. You could be Tottenham. Well, yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, no, fair, fair play to Tottenham. Well. They're not going away, but I mean, if you're them, you think you're looking at it going, lads, we've won 13 games after 17 here, and we've basically got no chance of winning the title. You, they should it's be top incredible. of the league. They should no. be top of the league, and the same way that Manchester City should be top of the league, yeah. it just shows what what like, we're doing. It's, Arsenal, it's unbelievable. Arsenal Chelsea should be in the mix. Yeah. Fun pop they are, mm. and they're nowhere near. Yeah. The thing is, I mean... It's a bit of a case of no destiny awaits here because if you think about Liverpool's greatest ever teams and people always talk about the 78, 79 team or the 87, 88 team who go and amass a great point total, you know, Jürgen Klopp and, and, and the lads will only be too aware of that. If they go and win the league this season, they'll be talked about forever. <laughs> They're going to go down as absolute legends of this football club and it could easily be one of the greatest sides that this club's ever produced. And, you know, we're a long way from that because the context is you've got to go and win the league title but they'll only be too aware. Everyone's got an ego. Everyone will know. If they manage to pull this off, then they will be talked about for a hundred years, you know what I mean? They will go down as, as unbelievable legends of this football club and they've got they've got one hell of a chance because we are talking about yeah, a phenomenal football we, team in Liverpool. We were talking about um, Manchester City last season getting 100 points and now no one would ever get near that again. The way the season's going, you could have two teams on 100 points and that... That's absolutely insane to think that, you know, if City, if Liverpool and City keep going, I think what would it be, something like 99 and 101 at the current rate of what they're going? What, what, what I about don't lose, it? Absolute, absolute no. joke. I think I, I think I prefer that than <laughs> less points, you know. Hmm? Would, you, would you not prefer that than lose it on like 85? Because if it's 85, you can basically go. No, I'm talking about City, where we're in it. Well, they're safe for them. All right, fair enough. I mean, that's entire, yeah. <laughs> Fucking fair enough. Fair play. Yeah, I'm just feeling a bit bad for them. Yeah, that's yeah. absolutely fine. It's going to be a shame for them, mate. <laughs> tough, 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 Craig. Unlucky, Pat. It'll be hard to swallow for them, won't it, John? Yeah, it'll be tough for them, but, you know, they might win the Champions League, so. Yeah. Um, and they won't enjoy that either, so. Well. 
They'll have their own time. Do you like a punishment for them? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> got to go for this final, have we? We got 99 points and won the league, and we won the Champions League. Oh. Yeah. Boo, boo you a lipper. <laughs> <laughs> They're lifting the trophy, throwing things at their own um, All right, then. Um, it's been a fantastic show. I hope you've really enjoyed listening to it. Uh, Liverpool are indeed top of the pops um, right now. And oh, they have one win, uh, one win against uh, Wolves to do, which will be a really tough game, by the way. Could yeah. be tough for the Manchester United at home. Uh, one win against Wolves, uh, and that will mean that the top on Christmas Day, uh, top on Christmas Day with 48 points. Top of the league, <laughs> roast potatoes. Top of the league, roast potatoes. <laughs> top of the league, sprouts. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's the championship turkey. Et cetera, some et top of the league parsnips there. Look. <laughs> <laughs> with, do everyone's heading. All the way through. <laughs> um, every toast is to a championship season. Yeah, every single fun. one. Your mum's desperate to say something about Christmas. Now it's to a championship season. This uh, that's what we're moving on. This is what we're about. Top of the league in blankets, there. <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you very much indeed to Ian Ryan, otherwise known as that prick who holds a grudge. <laughs> to Phil Blundell, to John Gibbons, who's part feather bower and part bower constrictor, and to, to, to Paul Senior. Everyone's had an absolutely fantastic time indeed. How can you not? Liverpool are the business. They've cruised to victory against Manchester United, dismissed them out of will in association with. Reds bet that has been your Anfield wrap this week. The Reds are very much on the march. Sports Social Podcast Network.